Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. Today I have a new guest. He's actually an author. He's also a PhD, Dr. Arun Krishnan. Dr. Arun Krishnan has studied and lived in different cities across India, USA, Singapore and Japan before putting down roots in Bengaluru. He started off with a degree in engineering and a doctorate and went on to work in IT, high performance computing, bioinformatics, computational biology and HR analytics. He has worked at various corporations, research institutes and also in academia as an assistant professor of computational biology. And then just to shake things up, Arun went for an MBA and turned entrepreneur. He's a polyglot and is conversant in Tamil, English, Hindi, Bengali, Japanese and Kannada. He loves to sing and play the guitar, keyboard and percussion instruments. He's also an amateur historian and enjoys visiting historical places. While he has over 50 articles in journals, congress conferences and book chapters, this is his first book of fiction. What is this book? I'm going to introduce the name of the book also, but first let's welcome our guest, Dr. Arun Krishnan. Dr. Krishnan, Namaskaram and welcome to P Guru's channel. Namaskaram, Sri. Thank you so much. And please call me Arun. Uh, we'll do Arun. Uh, see, I've already switched. So, um, Arun, I'm just going to introduce our viewers to the book that you've written. This is your first book, The Battle for Vatapi, Nandi's Charge. And I'm going to put it up now on the screen. And, and viewers, you can see it. This book is available on Amazon. And this is, I just read the extract. I have not yet read the book but this is also something that is very close to my heart uh, and and the, the fact that you know there was a, a battle for ascendancy in the southern uh, part of india how various kingdoms chalukyas pallavas pandyas choras and cheras and so on and so forth so now first uh, let's hear a little bit about uh, dr arun krishnan's life journey and then perhaps we can dwell into his book and i'll yield the floor to you Please tell so, us, where, where did your journey begin? Go ahead. Um, so I, I've lived uh, in a lot of different places in India. Um, my father had a transferable job. So I grew up mostly in the eastern part of India, in, in Orisha and Bengal. Uh, went to boarding school, uh, then did my uh, undergrad in India. Uh, came to the US in 94 to do my PhD. Um, lived in South Carolina and then Baltimore, worked in the US for a year, uh, came back to India, then went to Singapore, from Singapore went to Japan and then returned finally. Um, so lived in quite a few places. Uh, I do enjoy traveling, have traveled a lot. Uh, so yeah, that's in short, uh, you know, how my life's gone. And I've been in Bangalore, I think I should consider myself a Bangalorean now, been here since uh, 2008, so that's almost 14 years. Um, uh, Arun, this is a fascinating topic, like I said before. And before we start jumping into the book itself, I want to set the stage for some of our viewers. Viewers, there is a fantastic author in Tamil called Kalki Krishnamurti. And he used to run his own magazine in Tamil called Kalki. And it, this was one of the most sought after 
magazines that used to come. I think uh, I think it is still there. I I could be wrong about this. Uh, Arun can tell me if it is right or wrong. But he is known for his works on uh, historical uh, depictions of what happened in the Pallava dynasties. You know, many of us go to Chennai. You also go to Mahabalipuram. But at that point of time, you know, our interest starts waning. If you really, really want to understand how much Pallavas uh, thrived, what kind of uh, trade they had, because they predate the Choras, like the Rajaraja Chora and others. So this, so in fact, what you see today of Mahabalipuram is only, I think, a quarter. The rest of it is submerged in the sea. So that means this Pallavas probably go way back. So anyway, so the question for you, uh, Arun, is that there are you know seminal works of uh, Kalki. One thing that comes to my mind is Parthiban Kanavu. And uh, tell me the book that you've written. It's a fictional account, of course. And uh, how much of it mirrors what was written in Kalki's Parthiban Kanavu? These are for our Tamil readers who have read Kalki's work. If not, at least for the rest of the world, remember that we are talking about a fictional story that is set perhaps in the 7th century AD. And, and Arun will walk us through what is the story about and why we should all be reading this. Go ahead, Arun. So uh, thanks, Sri. So thanks for bringing up the great Kalki, by the way. Um, so he has been, um, you know, my my uh, interest in historical fiction obviously predates Kalki. Um, I, you know, we grew up reading, you know, Victor Hugo, Alexander Duma, and so on. But uh, historical fiction, and especially Indian historical fiction, my interest in that stems from my reading of Kalki. I came to Kalki rather late uh, because, like I said, I grew up in the north and the east and I was never formally taught Tamil. Uh, my mother had, uh, you know, taught me the script when I was younger. And then um, I wanted to read Kalki's uh, Shivagami Aponin Selvan in uh, the original Tamil. So I just picked up the book, the first volume of Aponin Selvan, as you know, it's five huge volumes, almost 1,500 pages. Um, I picked up the book, uh, started reading. It took me like a whole year to read the first volume because in every page I would have a Tamil English dictionary next to me, look up words. Uh, it took me a long time, but then my reading speed improved um, and I kind of went through the other four volumes within, I think, the next year. Um, the one that I think you have mentioning is actually Sivagami in Sabadam because that deals with the Pallava Chalukya conflict, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that it is, it's an amazing, in fact, I prefer, I, I think, or my favorite among Kalki's uh, historical fictions is actually Sivagami in Sabadam uh, rather than Purni in Silvan. Um, I think it's a great, it's a great book and uh, except for the fact that the setting is the same, that is the period and the two protagonists in this case, the Pallavas uh, and the Chalukyas. Um, the treatment I have given done in the book is very, very different. So if you've read Sivagami in Savadam and you expect to see something very like Sivagami in Savadam, this is not it because it takes, uh, I've tried to take a, a slightly more modern take on it. Um, and uh, the only, my, my hat tip to the great uh, Kalki is uh, that I've named one character as Naganandi who was this, you know, this brilliant character in Swagami in Sabram. So that's, uh, I think that's about the only thing that would be in common between 
Shivagamin Sabadam and uh, Nandi's charge of the Battle of Vata PC. Arun, just shows you how much or how little I know about Kalki's works. You know, I have read parts of the book, uh, Sivagamin Sabadam, but I didn't do justice. Uh, like you, I've also learned it by just uh, adding letters. And uh, my mom used to uh, read all this Kumudam Kalkandri. With, and, and that's how my curiosity in Tamil started. Now I've become fairly decent. I can even write. But it's all self self-taught. I grew up in Hyderabad. Like you, you, you grew up in the eastern part of India. Now... See, all these things need a trigger. I mean, why 7th century? What made you choose this period as your setting for your fictional novel? Um, can you share some thoughts on this? Because I'm just trying, I'm curious how we're all becoming authors. I mean, we both have very similar backgrounds. I was an engineer uh, and uh, I, I've done a few startups. And now my latest startup is, of course, P Gurus. P Gurus is more of a social experiment, if you will. Uh, we've been doing a lot of things. I'm not afraid to kind of jump into the deep end of the pool. And <laughs> I learned swimming after that. But that's that's a, a, a topic for a different day. Um, how did this all start? Where did the spark go off that you wanted to write about uh, this period, a fictional book? See, um, I'll tell you. So I my father's side hails from uh, Tanjavur. Okay? Hmm. And every, every time we used to go there, we used to... Uh, go to the big temple, the Periyakovil, right? Brihadishwara. Right, right. Temple. And yeah. yeah, and I, I was, I was just mesmerized. I, I even now I'm mesmerized by that temple. Every time I be, the last time I went was in December. I go there and it's almost like, um, no, I'm, I'm not a religious person, but it's almost like a, I, I feel like I've been there before, right? You get that sense. Uh, I, I think about, you know what? The great Raja Raja must have walked these very steps. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a it's I can't explain it. It's an inexplicable feeling that I get when I go there, as if that place comes alive in in all its hoary past and its traditions. Um, so I I knew when I used to go there, maybe fifteen, you know, even earlier. I used to think, you know what? Uh, in in uh, the Periyakovil, there is on on one side to the left, there is a Nandi there, right? And yes. that Nandi is not well-formed, it leans to one side. Uh, and people say that it was abandoned because it didn't come out clearly or so on. But I always used to think there is some story there if you could just weave a story around it or something. Uh, so I always had this idea of writing something in the historical fiction domain. Um, probably uh, my, uh, my instinct to write about the Pal Pallavas and Chalukyas came about uh, I think in 2009 it was when we had, my wife and I had done a, a road trip in Karnataka. So we had gone to Hampi, from there to Aihole, Pattadakkal, Badami. And when I saw that, it just struck me that it's such a beautiful place with so many beautiful sculptures and so on. And that story should be told. Um, and then I was conflicted about, okay, wh what do I tell, right? Should I tell about Pulikeshi's rise or should I tell about his, uh, you know, the sacking of Vatapi at the end of it. And I just thought there was more drama in the latter one. So I said, okay, let me let me talk about that. And that's how I settled on it. The other reason is because if you, if you notice, most of the historical fictions or the novels that are coming up in India um, are focused on the northern part of India, right? Yes, uh, yes. Even Amish recently came up with Suhail Dev, uh, which is you know a great king in the north. And then you have the whole Meluha series. You have a whole bunch of them all talking about either the Mahabharata or the Ramayana, 
different characters, but everything is centered in the North. And so I kind of wanted to tell the history of the South. And, you know, you, you know, we've both grown up in schools where the history taught to us is so very Delhi-centric, right? So I just wanted to talk about a time period and a region in Indian history, which is not well represented and which I want to expose the people of India, the people of, you know, in, in the, to the world in general. You know, um, viewers, if you look at the cover closely, you will see the Brihadisvara temple at the top. And Arun also brings to us uh, the geographic region where, uh, where is Vatapi and, and where is, uh, I think that is Kanchi, if I am not wrong. Yeah. That's and right. uh, also there is a Dharma Chakra. It, it's a beautifully laid out cover. It should attract eyeballs. And, and viewers, I urge you to read about South. South was just as uh, patriotic, just as enterprising, Adam, I must say, because they knew how to uh, master the seas. Uh, they, they were completely dependent only on wind. There was no steam engine, nothing of that sort. There was not even a compass. I might be wrong about this, but I'm reasonably sure there was no compass. So then you might ask the question, so how did they know which direction they were sailing? Well, there is a breed of monkeys called Devang. That is the today's word, but it's actually Devavak. That means like God's speech. Why they call that particular species that was because it used to always sit facing the north. I don't know how much you know about this part, Arun, uh, in the seafaring things. This this is how they used to uh, navigate, I believe. I, I I don't know about the monkey, actually. That's, that's something I'm learning now. Um, I do believe they had some sort of a compass. They used to have this bowl of oil in which they would float an iron bar and magnetized bar, is what I've read. Uh, now, you know, a lot of it is speculation as well. Uh, but... I'll come back to your earlier point, right, that you yeah. tried me, which is uh, the fact that a lot happened in the South, but it's not just that. When we are taught history, we are taught in a very compartmentalized manner. That is, uh, you know, the North was the North and there were a lot of kingdoms that rose and fell and invasions. And then the South is hardly touched upon. Whereas what I have shown in the book that there was a con continuity. So if you go back to that 7th century period, you had... King Harshavardhana in the north, north of the Narmada River. You had Pulikeshi in just south of that, uh, pretty much across the Deccan Plateau. Uh, so, you know, southern Maharashtra, Gujarat, uh, west, what we call western Madhya Pradesh, uh, the regions of Telangana and Andhra Pradesh. Uh, and then, you know, north, north to central Karnataka, uh, etc. And then below that, you had the Pallavas and the Gangas and the Pandyas and Cheras. Um, the Choras were minor feudatories at that point. And you also had kings in Lanka. So the, the story actually spans from Sri Lanka, or what, what was Lanka then, all the way up north to uh, Harsha's kingdom. Because uh, the Lankan kings would intervene in Indian wars in the south. The Indian, the Tamil kings would intervene in uh, you know, wars in Lanka. One of the Lanka kings had supported Pulikeshi against Narasimha Verma, Pallava's father, Mahendra Verman. And similarly, another king, his rival, Lankan king, Manavama, had supported Narasimha Verma against Pulikeshi. So there was all of this tight-knit integration. Trade carried out throughout India. People were going on pilgrimages throughout India. So this notion that the South and North were very divided in their history 
the way we are taught that isn't true and hopefully the book brings that out wonderful and uh, is the book available now in ebook form as well as in a paperback or hardbound can yes. you give us a little bit of details about the book yeah it's available both uh, on amazon.com and amazon.in uh, in both ebook and paperback form and and how long has it been in the market so far i've seen a lot of rave reviews for it in fact that's how we connected uh, what has been the general feedback maybe one or two points that you can raise what people felt after reading the book so um, the book was published or came out uh, or started shipping i think on december 25th and uh, i've got very good reviews so you know everybody pretty much everybody who has read it uh you know either my followers on twitter who have done it or otherwise uh they've had very good they've one of the things that they say is it transports us back to that time and it is it's extremely gripping so i've had one one person said i started it at 10 a 10 pm at night and finished it at 6 am in the morning you know no author uh, is you know that's probably one of the things that you can say that will make the author the happiest right that somebody actually binge read your book through the night Uh, and that's one of the comments that that was very close to my heart. Now, um, quick question: Did you use uh, Sanskrit or Tamil or both in the book, uh, or was it completely written in English? No, it's completely written in English. But there are certain words that are in Tamil. Uh, hmm. So, for example, Veshti or Angavastram, and I right. give footnotes as to what they are. But I thought it's better to use the original terms so that. Hey, why not? If people can learn mantra and guru, why can't they learn Vaishti? Of course, of course. The, 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 this is our way to contributing to the English language. English is a very open yes. language. So, in fact, I don't know how much you know. Sharut, uh, Sharut is Surut. Surut. And Katamaran is Katamaram. Bulagatani soup. Correct. Bulagatani. Bulagatani soup. So there is a lot of things. Kasi is cash. So we can we can go on, but. Um, uh, Arun, it was a pleasure talking to you, and I wish you all success. And viewers, we're going to put a link to the book in in our show more section of this video, and be sure to uh, buy it and read it. This you have to read. You can't just buy it and keep it on your shelf. It looks good on the shelf. No, it does look good on the shelf, but it also looks better if you read about it because we need to know what our history is, our curriculum. you know your children are not going to get a chance to read it i don't think the way this is going this is like the communists and the left ecosystem has put education as their last stand if you will that's just my opinion so please do read our history there is a lot to learn from it and and as always you know please like share and subscribe to our channel and click on the join button uh, dr arun krishnan pleasure talking to you namaskaram pleasure is all mine sri thank you so much